Welcome to Sound of Symphony, the unofficial symphony podcast. I'm Magnus Nordlander. I'm Tobias Neuholm. And I am Ryan Weaver. And we usually have a fourth guy with us, Jared, but he hasn't made it to Barcelona. Yeah, yes, because this is a very, very special episode. We're, in, we're live in Barcelona. Hello, audience. Audience. Woo! Part, part of our audience is still at lunch. So we have... Oh, that was you, wasn't it, Magnus? Okay, something very special just happened. Yeah. <laughs> so we're... And it continues. Settle down, audience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. It's, it's a large audience. Wow. How long is that? It's about a half a minute. It's soon over. Wow. Quite quiet down there. Quiet down. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> a special thing just happened. So, we are live in Barcelona right now in this beautiful auditorium that is uh, normally, I think, pretty full. Yeah. Uh, I think most people are at lunch right now. So, we have a uh, small audience right now, but as you just heard, massively devoted. They, they are very, very devoted. Yeah, they're like loud yeah. and clapping. That's, uh, they follow around the band. Yeah. <laughs> Good guys and gals. So I actually just got here, guys. Um, yeah. How was your flight? It was great. I don't normally tr- plan my own travel. And when I do, I plan it a day later than I should. So I arrived at lunchtime of the first day instead of the day before. So lessons learned there. Yeah. Um, it was fine. I, I did have... I had a strange thing happen on my second flight, actually. So... On the second flight, I was lucky enough that I had no one in the seat next to me. So I was able to recline. I slept for a couple hours. And when I woke up, I looked in the aisle, and there was a blanket rolled, uh, laid down all the way over the aisle as if to conceal something horrible that had happened. <laughs> because something horrible had happened. And I can only imagine what I slept through because somebody two rows up from me had, in fact puked all over the aisle wow. in the middle of the night. <laughs> and the uh, amazing folks at Delta actually uh, covered it up and fixed it up. And, and uh, you know, other than the people um, looking down at their feet as they got off the plane, wondering what chunky things they were stepping on, yeah. uh, it was sort of a non-issue. Yeah, you so, do what you can in the air. <laughs> yeah, you do what you can. Yeah, very impressive. So very smooth travel. I'm happy to be here now. Yeah, with, with, with only a small amount of puke. Yeah, yeah. I only got yeah. I, I put my sandals on and when I walked over it, and so we're good now. Yeah. Yeah. So what what have I been missing here in Barcelona? Well, I mean, this is just so for for the ones who are listening to the recording, we're recording in the uh, the lunch hour of the first day. So we've had two sessions. Uh, first was Matthias Novak talking about uh, uh, what we can learn from uh, Commander Chris Hadfield. Yeah. 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 The the astronaut. The ast- Yes, exactly. Uh, and then uh, Bernard Chisick talked about uh, symphony forms. Is he uh, qualified to talk about those? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> symphony forms are kind of complicated. Iffy. We should do a symphony forms Jeopardy later, um, where he's the only contestant. Who, who knows? <laughs> there may, there, that may be happening. That may, yeah, that may actually happen. <laughs> might, might I remind the audience and the listening audience that my wife was original Symphony Con champion in Jeopardy. She got up there with, with a bunch of actual programmers, and you know, thanks to, I think, a little bit of nice judging from Jeremy, she was able to pull off the win, which included some question like, this RFC for PHP 7 was recently declined, and it was something about like scalar type hinting, because of course yeah. this was like three years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. never been prouder. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, should we get started with the episode? Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about how to build the symphony community, yeah. and we haven't mentioned so much how to build a local community. No, that's true. In fact, I saw a guy on Twitter lately, he tweeted, the symphony Budapest is shutting down. Uh, let me know if anyone is interested to take it over. I mean, could anyone be the new organizer? And he like, was shouting out to Fabian and to all of Twitter. Yeah. But, I mean, my general opinion is, if nobody is running a community in your city, then you are, it's because you haven't organized any yeah, events yeah, yeah. yet. Yeah, like Cal Evans usually says. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, his famous thing. Yeah. If you're looking for the PHP community uh, manager in your area and you can't find him, it's because it's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so today we're going to talk about building a local community. Yeah. Right. And it turns out actually it's very apt that we're in Barcelona here because Barcelona has an expert on that. Please invite him to the stage. Mark, will you please hey. join us on the stage? Hey, Mark. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the stage. The second time you're being on the podcast, is that right? Uh, yeah. The first time was in Madrid, Madrid I think. Yeah. Uh, because I had I had the chance to walk, remember? Mark Moreira? That's yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that you. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but it was me. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I talked with you in Madrid. In that podcast, so, so when we are were organizing that conference, we thought it was uh, a good idea to to host you here because of many people actually in in our com our community knows the uh, knows you and knows your podcast. So I think it's always a good idea to know and to have the to have the opportunity to talk with with that guys that once a month or once it's two months. Uh, give you some news and some cool news and some cool um, interviews with people related uh, to the Symphony community and PHP community. Yeah. So yeah. here we are. So here we are. Indeed. Yeah. So um, how? Just put bluntly, how are there so many Symphony developers here? I'm not sure. I mean. People always say that Barcelona. It's very easy to create events in Barcelona because there are a lot of people here and I don't really know if there are a lot of people in the conferences and in the community because um, because of the community itself or we are just lucky and, and that's it I mean I want to believe that we are we are doing our best and we are um, improving that that community so because of our events our conferences a lot of projects a lot of companies are starting their project using symphony and i think this is this is one small reason why a lot of people is using actually symphony here in in our meetup events we are actually more than 100 wow. attendees always that's amazing always more than 100 at every event yeah. for for like a symphony event no, like or a like, PHP. like a symphony event. Yeah, but that or symphony kind of, meetup. Sorry. Yeah, symphony yeah. meetup in in a bar. Okay. And the last okay. and the last the last conference we did here in the same auditorium last year we were like four hundred. So how did cool. Symphony Barcelona? How did it start out and how did it grow to be such a big, such a big user group? Well, Symphony Barcelona has been have been two eras. The first era was already dead before before the SymphonyCon in Varso, and I remember in Varso when when I I just explained my light talk, light lighting talk in seven minutes. I remember you listening to me, and I thought, oh, there is one person that is actually interested in what I'm talking about. Uh, and after that, I decided to to buy the domain and start doing something from the scratch. And I mean. It's really easy in Barcelona to do something like that. It's not the same uh, in in something like somewhere like Murcia, for example. I think they don't they don't have the same facilities and same community as as we have. So Barcelona is very big, and the PHP community is so high here, so high. And the symphony is even better uh, day by day, I think. Yeah. But was there a pre-existing PHP community that you were able to sort it of is, tap it, into? It, or? Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, yeah. It is. Uh, there is a PHP community as well here. Yeah. Um, but we are doing separated events and separated things. So, and a lot of people are sharing is actually um, in both communities. Yeah. So we have a PHP conference here as well. So How big is that? How big is that? Yeah. It's something like that. Something like same, yeah. similar to this. And same auditorium as well. Wow. Last edition. Okay. Uh, how often are you doing meetups? That's a good question. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it it, de it depends on I, I well my I mean on average like last year on average. 
I don't know, maybe once every six months. Once every six yeah. months, okay. Yeah, because uh, I we think that if we make a meetup every month, at the end you do it the meetup because of because you have to do it, mm. and not because you have something really interesting you want to share with the community. And we okay. want to create meetups only when we have good speakers with good talks, and we have the we want, uh, we can provide that experience. A meetup without the experience, is, I think it's something that mm, that it's not useful at all. Do you guys do multiple speakers? Yeah, always two. Always two. Okay. Yeah. So not every month, but then you do actually pack it, pack it in a little more. Yeah, but but what you, I think that what we, if you do that, then it's meetup. You will have maximum forty people, thirty people, twenty people, and I think it's more, it's more uh, exciting to do less, less talks, less meetups, but with more people, mm. and then. It's more exciting for us and it's more exciting for the community because, you know, that guy that I only see, I only meet him or her uh, during the conferences or during the meetups. So it's something like people is expecting that meetup because they meet a lot of people that only meet them in the meetups. Otherwise, you don't have that kind of hype. So then putting on a bigger event was was actually kind of a small step then. Because I usually think of, of uh, my, my user group, I just, I like find my random friend to talk about some random topic and we meet at some company and, uh, and they talk and we buy pizza and that's it. So that's a big step away from giant auditorium. But yeah. with you guys, you're, since your mini events are, your actual meetups are almost little events themselves, yeah. did that lead into this, this conference, putting on this conference? Until now, Symphony Barcelona has been me, only me, and I. I mean, I've been working with El Cody. I've been working with some projects, and I don't have that time. But since some months ago, we are a, an, an association, and till today, until this Sunday, we will start working very hard because we want to provide that experience as well into Barcelona, but everywhere with small communities as well, doing something every month or every two months. So yeah, we will fight for that as well because maybe people are, are interested in doing that kind of things. So we have the companies, we have the people, we can do that of, of course, but every year we will have that conference. Every year it will be the masterpiece of the, of, of the association and then we will fight for doing small things. Always, always, always based on community. The most important thing always is the community. And if we can handle that, that will be perfect. So can, can, can you tell me more about it? Can you give me some example? Can, can anyone call you and say, hey, I'm doing this meetup group in yeah. Sussex? So the, can you... This is something we have to talk about because we've been very busy building uh -huh. that event. But since tomorrow, tomorrow or today's, in today's, we will start talking about what is Symphony Barcelona exactly. Not an idea, but an implementation of what's that. And the idea is exactly that. If you are a... a a guy or a company that is using Symphony, and you're not in Paris, but you are in I don't know, uh, no or or um, some like Bristol, some exactly. shit place. No offense to anyone who might be. From you Bristol should have, here. you should have, you should have always the possibility to to do something. Yeah. And, and you're saying you're there to help them. Exactly. To give them exactly. guidance. For example, we, we can we can handle multiple sponsors around the world, paying mo uh, not monthly but uh, once a year big amount and then you can share all that sponsorship between the small comp small sure. communities that we need we sense. need to talk about that and mm. it's something now is, is an idea but this is gonna be um all uh, this is gonna be our work on during this year because next year in symphony catalonia we want that everyone knows that conferences yeah uh, know should uh, everybody should know that symphony catalonia is on july and we we should provide them the possibility to come here and to attend the conference, of course. And this is why the, the ticket is 50 euros, for example, because always low, always low. I, I, I don't know. As soon as we have more information, we will create a web page, yeah. we will create some um, a platform. That sounds like a, sounds like a really good idea. That sounds like a really good idea. It sounds like a really good idea. But <laughs> an idea is not an implementation. So yeah. we need to implement that and we need to create something real. And that's going to be not idea, but the, re the good re reality. I think it's even better than an idea.
Mark, is this, this, this is not your day job, though, right? This is, this is a, a passion of yours? And, well, I'm a developer, mm -hmm. um, but I think that my passion is the fact that I can join, I can mix my development with open source and with community. This is how I feel really, really um, enthusiastic with my work. And this is how I feel very comfortable with my day, day by day. Yeah, day by day. So I've, I, I, will, I will keep doing this. Uh, and well, my, my full time job um, has been this event for the last four weeks. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. It was like, you know, yeah. who, that's, that's, um, who, who pays that? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the question. Yeah, here's the American being like, who's paying for well, this? Well, I'm, I'm so lucky. So the people who, who I am working actually with, they believe in that idea that the community is a big seat when you can grow. So he, that people is, is helping me with, with, with I, can, I can work in that event in, in my company, so it's no problem. Yeah. Of course, I, I need to work because the company needs to make a product, but, but this is gonna be from this Monday. Nice, so they've, they've kind of made an investment in, in this project of yours. Always, always. Uh, uh, I mean, a conference is always an investment. Uh, a conference needs, someone needs to do that. And someone that is not a, a person, it's like four, five, six person, and all the environment needs to help. Looking for sponsors, looking for uh, community sponsors as well, looking for uh, speakers, looking for the community itself, announcing things, and this is quite hard. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that team is very cool, and we've been working so hard, and that's, that's the reality. That's a reality. So, yeah. I think I will I, I will start working on my company this Monday. So I'm really looking forward to it. Do you have any tips to uh, to people who are out there in their local community and they well they don't have a local community basically? How can they? And if they don't have one, of course they're the leader of it. So how can they get started and starting to arrange meetups and things like that? Do you have any tips for them? Yeah, sure. One tip. And for me, it's, I think it's the best one and the most important one. And one of the tips that no one follows at the end is that people will never come to you. I mean, if you are interested in Symphony in Bristol, your job, if you want to be the community manager or, or, the, or the face of the community, your job until this day will be going to the, to the companies to say, hello, that's me. Do you want to join me? or going to a other conference and start talking about Symfony, going to Laravel conferences, Drupal conferences, because for example, in Laravel and Drupal conferences, people will start being interested in Symfony as well. So the community is built by someone. And I think people believe that if he says a tweet, hey, I'm looking for people to take, to have some beer about Symfony tonight, people doesn't know at all. I think that the, the, the person who is in charge of the community needs to do an active job, calling, going to visit the companies. I, I think that that's the most important thing. If you, if you do it well, you will see that companies will start uh, using Symfony. Yeah. Without that action, I think community is going to be the same as before. So mm. this one of the tips we, we will um, help to other people. To, to build community around Symfony and PHP, of course. I mean, yeah. that's a really good advice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that last thing, that Symfony versus PHP, is something we talked about in a previous podcast about <coughs> trying to find that balance between, yeah. um, like, I'm going to have a Symfony meetup or I'm going to have a Laravel meetup versus I'm going to have a PHP meetup. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on that because obviously this is a Symfony conference, but Barcelona is special that it can support 600 people coming to a Symfony conference. Um, but maybe in other areas that are smaller, might be better to do uh, Symfony or slash PHP or PHP, something like that. Well, um, Symfony is always Symfony and PHP. Yeah. And PHP is not always Symfony and PHP. So uh, Symfony Barcelona, in that case, we are always covering PHP, but always focus on Symfony because you can talk about PHP, you can talk about architecture, you can talk about DDD, 
but okay, but I want to do my forms. So what's up? I mean, I, I, I need to know the tricks that make my forms better and make my company better. So this is something that uh, a PHP community will never cover because they don't have to. Yeah, I guess say it a little more they generic. They don't have to. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's, it's the difference between at a, in a Symfony community, you will connect things to Symfony, whereas if you're just doing a PHP community, I mean, you could do you could do talks that are that aren't really PHP related either, like domain-driven design isn't by any necessity PHP connected, but you will connect it back to PHP in a PHP community, and to Symfony in a Symfony community. Yeah, and 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 you can connect DDD, for example, in Symfony. Yeah. But you can you need to do it in a way, yeah. not not explaining DDD and that's it. No. You can you can learn DDD, but how can I implement my DDD in my forms or in my in my entities with doctrine? You know, I'm always we are always thinking about that, yeah. and that's our focus on Symphony community. PHP community has has their own uh, principles, and that's good. I mean, all right. I have a I have a totally unrelated question that I wanted to ask both our guests. Um, favorite Symphony component? It's question one. Favorite symphony component? Mm. <laughs> Next. <laughs> I like how much thought is going into this. I mean, I I don't have favorite. I mean, I I've used all of them. That's the, De dependent the injection the framework. <laughs> dependent injection for sure, but mm. not because of the component, because of how it has solved a lot of projects. Ryan was hoping you would say the microkernel, but... Uh... <laughs> it's not even a component, but yes. <laughs> it's not a true. component. <laughs> yeah. Um, least favorite. Favorite. <laughs> least favorite component. This is what I really Document wanted to ask. Documentation. Wow. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. in the face to Ryan yeah. who's doing it's documentation. Um, I can... Event... Events. Event dispatcher. Yeah, but just for one reason. Yeah. Because you cannot do... You can... You can really do your own events without coupling with Symfony. You know, you have to extend an event. Uh, because the event class. Exactly. Yeah, the event dispatcher is a bit weird in exactly. that, that regard, I, I think. I mean, that was not the original implementation, by the way. There was an argument late in the development of Symfony 2 to change the architecture of the event dispatcher to be more like Doctrine's event dispatcher, which has that pattern. And Fabian was against it, but there was enough people for it. So there's the history behind the event object. This doesn't mean that event dispatcher component is a bad solution because it's a good solution, but in some ways and in some implementations, I've I've not used it, Be because only that that detail. Otherwise, I think every kind every single component in Symfony covers what it has to cover, and that's it. That was so much more thoughtful than I could have hoped for. It was <laughs> a great answer. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, I think we. I think we've got to thank you for your, for your interview. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for coming up and thanks for putting on the conference. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Well, next conference you will be invited as well. So thank you very awesome. much for inviting me to this podcast and congratulations for the podcast. Well, thank you. I've never had the opportunity to tell you this, but it's amazing how you can, how you can do it. And it was at the beginning two of you. Yeah. And then. And another one? I, yeah. I don't remember the, the name. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Mostly, we, yeah, we just sort of like butted in. You know, have you ever gone to a dinner party, but you weren't invited to it? But no one kicked you out once you were there. They were just nice enough to let you stay so that they weren't rude. <laughs> it's kind of like this. Okay. Similar. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. See you later. I was expecting applause when I left yeah. the stage. But, uh, <laughs>do you want to seg something? I don't really have a good seg for this, so let's just go straight into it. I thought uh, I thought you asked him if he wanted to sing something, and I got very excited. Oh well, <laughs> well you know, there's always karaoke. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, we'll but save, I mean, we'll save a whole episode for that. Yeah, let's do a let's do a karaoke special sometime. Yeah. Uh, Zero no, but so basically, when we were when we were planning to do this. Um, this episode we were looking at, because you gotta take advantage of having all of these amazing people here. And so we thought, who on the topic of local community can we talk to and, and really really um, make, make use of them being here? 
And I thought, who, who better than Michael Cullum? So, welcome up on stage. Come on down. And he's got a really cool hat on. I do like that hat. Thanks very much. Welcome to the podcast. It's good to be back. Um, yeah. <laughs> Technically, you haven't been yeah, on. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Wait a second. There, there, was the one in, there was the one in Madrid, I believe, that I was on briefly for. If I, I might be mistaken on that. No, you and probably it, were. I mean, if you ever meet how. Michael, he, he has no memory of anything he does. So just, <laughs> just say that you met him before and you guys had this great adventure together and uh, he'll just look sheepish. <laughs> it, do, it does make me feel bad when that happens, but uh, I can never quite tell if it's the truth or not. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, so so uh, I wrote down a couple questions here for you. My most important one is, uh, did you know that you are the uh, go-to British person in my house? Meaning, whenever we uh, see a British person or hear a British person talk, Leanna always goes, oh, it sounds just like Michael. <laughs> you, you do have a very stereotypically British accent. It's I, wonderful. I, I was recently in a taxi, actually, in my hometown. Uh, so I live, in, I, I live in quite a um, posh area of the United Kingdom anyway. And uh, um, I was in my hometown, and I was getting a taxi from the train station to my house. Um, and the taxi driver said, uh, you speak differently from other people around here. And I was, th I was thinking, oh, is he saying I sound uh, not uh, that I don't speak properly? Um, and I, I, I said, in, in what way do you mean that? And he said, um, well, you sound posher than the people around here. And I found that quite <laughs> shocking, wow. um, coming from a very posh area. So. Uh, um, That's yeah, right. you're like a descendant from Downtown Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, my grandfather was knighted um, just really? to, <laughs> um, in a very stereotypical British way. So, uh, yeah. So for so for those who who you for those of you who doesn't know Michael, you are involved with the PHP Fig. Yep. You are organizing plenty of conferences. You're also building a meetup groups, and you're also involved with the PHP BB. <laughs> When you say it like that, it sounds like an awful lot. Um, it sure does. And, and how do you find the time? It's a very good question. I'm trying to find an answer to that question myself. Um, it's it's just kind of about trying to balance things. So um, you know, trying to trying to do things in batches. I find I do quite a lot. So I, I will sit down um, and I will go through about 30 fig emails, and I'll just dedicate a couple of hours to that. Um, as opposed to doing everything constantly, which it can become quite overbearing. Um, in terms of PHPB. Um, so the sort of the role I'm in at the moment, um, I'm not doing much work on the core anymore. Um, a lot of the work that I'm doing is actually just with, with internally within PHPB. So I, I manage our own website. Um, I'm also on the management team there. Um, so a lot of that is just kind of keeping things running um, as opposed to sitting down and doing a lot of active development. Um, but also in terms of uh, bringing Symphony to PHPB and mo helping modernize the core, um, I played a part in that, particularly towards when we were moving over to Symphony earlier on. Um, so it's sort of just uh, prodding people in the right direction occasionally, I suppose. Um, um, th and that really hits on one of my questions here, which is, <clears throat> do you have a job, sir? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I managed to find time to do freelancing and whatnot um, uh, to actually pay the bills. Um, so yeah, I just do uh, consultancy, um, Symphony consultancy, uh, and uh, if you if you need any Symphony consultancy, then uh, come and find me, and I will give you my email address. That's right, <laughs> and, and, and I think that uh, probably your rate for Symphony consulting is is uh, higher than your rate for Fig consulting. Um, it depends what you mean by Fig consulting. Meaning, meaning just managing the Fig in general. Yeah, so I mean that's an entirely unpaid position. Exactly. Um, it's something I do out of the love of my heart. Um, I, I'm, I'm involved with the Fig because I believe in its mission. I believe in, uh, as you will hear from my talk tomorrow, um, in the fact that it brings together um, different projects, different ecosystems, and it allows people to work together. You know, people from uh, that work with Zen Framework, people that work with Symphony, people that work with Laravel, um, projects like Drupal and PHPB all coming together um, to try and collaborate. And I think that's uh, a really noble aim, and that's something I believe in, and that's why. I dedicate so much time and uh, I'm willing to put up with the very high blood pressure that the fig can sometimes uh, cause. <laughs> you seem, what, what better person, though, to be kind of at the core of that than 
you know, like a, a very polite, uh, nice speaking British guy. You know, it just got to kind of calm the, the online room a little bit. Yeah, everything does sound quite a bit nicer when said in a British accent. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's a plus, I think, for, for the position. Thank, Thank you very much. <laughs> I think it, it might just save the fig, your accent. <laughs> I think if, if, if the fig is, is saved and goes on to great things, I'm saying it right now, I think that's the reason. Yeah. I, I do generally find, actually, um, we recently had a uh, hangout, for example, about uh, the future of async within the fig. Um, we took a, a bunch of the people that were working on async projects, um, and there were the sec uh, uh, me, Samantha, and Joe. Um, and we just talked over sort of where we wanted to go. And I found that actually just talking to people, you know, that hangout, that was so productive. Um, and doing things in that kind of way instead of the back and forth on the mailing list was really productive. Um, but maybe that was just my accent. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that's what calmed things out. Like. I think so. I think so. <laughs> you know, I think there's something to be said about the, um, the politeness of being in person versus for some reason yeah. online, you know, we're jerks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not being online always is always prone to misunderstanding as well. So yes, that's most, what we call it, misunderstanding. Yeah. Most people, well, I, I, most people don't intend to be jerks. Um, I I think that, and and that word probably sounds quite odd in a British accent. I've just uh, considered, but um, <laughs> I, most most people don't intend to, and it, you know they don't set out in their morning to make people's lives a misery. Um, but sometimes through a mix of misunderstandings or just being blunt about a point um, can then result in, you know, people feeling put out. Um, you know, in some cases people even feel bullied and that's not an intentional thing. Um, and if you sit down and have conversations with some of these individuals, then actually you get on with them uh, quite well and you agree with them on more than you realize. But you, yeah. um, but simply through that communication barrier of text um, as opposed to language uh, as opposed to vocal communication it can make such a huge difference yeah you might not even i mean usually over text you might not realize that somebody is taking offense to something you're saying exactly whereas if you're talking you would see that and you would make appropriate amends um but Ide ideally <laughs> ideally i mean if you're aiming not to be a jerk that's a uh, it's a good way to handle it um but so being a busy man as you are um the fig isn't as tobias said your only uh, your only uh, drain on your time you also you were also um organizing the php south coast conference i believe yes yeah, so uh, last year i was um the speak sorry um, I was the uh, organizer responsible for speakers for PHP South Coast Conference. Um, we had an absolutely fantastic call for papers. Um, I think we had something like 290 submissions, maybe even, I uh, know, uh, 360 maybe even, um, off the top of my head, um, for about 15, uh, 12, 15 speaking slots, um, which is one of the highest ratios I think I've seen. So we had an absolutely fantastic response. Um, and going through and and rating those talks and shortlisting um it was probably so i mean we start myself james uh, uh tickham and gary hocken um we sat down on a uh, skype call started at three o'clock in the afternoon i think it finished about 11 p.m in the evening uh with a brief break so that james could say goodnight to his kids um and that was probably one of the hardest skype calls i've ever had and you just you feel like an awful person um it's really tough to do, but it's actually really, it's also a very rewarding job in that you get to meet some absolutely fantastic people. Um, and by that, I don't just mean uh, the well-known people in our community, you know, the Anthony Ferraras and the Jeremy McCullers. Um, you get to also meet uh, new and aspiring speakers. And I think something, I think almost 40% of our speakers were new speakers, local speakers, um, who we were encouraging to come into speaking. Um, and meeting those people who you can see that in five years they're going to be top of their game. Um, uh, and I think in meeting them is even more, uh, an even more rewarding part of that job and giving them that first opportunity. Um, one of our speakers who spoke first at PHP South Coast is, uh, has just received their second um, acceptance to a conference. Um, and, uh, there's an, um, and there's another one who I think is uh, probably going to get one in the next few days. So uh, Nice. Do you, do you guys like go out purposefully to try to get forty percent of local new speakers? So it's just kind of in the back of your mind. So I mean, when we're going through and doing that, we sort of say, um, so we do a blind rating first um, with the whole team of twelve of us. Um, we then take it down to, um, to an average and unanonymize the submissions. 
Um, and then we have that Skype call, which is where we do the shortlisting and whatnot. And when we're doing that shortlisting, obviously we're considering like we don't want the fact that we don't want a conference just filled with big names. We want a mix. Um, but it's not, we're not, we never, we don't have any quotas. Um, we weren't aiming for any, I didn't do the number crunching until a few days after we'd done the selections. Um, and actually, so out when it, when we did our um, blind, rate, uh, blind rating, the highest rated talk was a brand new speaker. Um, and so I, I think blind rating is also a really important way of um, uh, assessing um, without considering taking that person into account. Um, and then, you know, we accepted that talk um, and we thought it was a great talk and we were very happy with the results. So, Cool. How come you get started organizing PHP South Coast? Um, so uh, I run the PHP Surrey user group, um, another thing. Um, so that's a user group that started up in September of last year. Um, it's a general PHP user group, but obviously we have talks about different, um, different topics. So a Symfony talk, um, talk would be perfectly at home. Um, and then James asked me if I wanted to join the team with PHP Surrey. Um, and then our first meeting, we were going through roles and I said, I'm happy to pick up speakers. Um, and it was an absolutely great experience. Um, I'm not sure if I'll, I'll be on the team again next year. Um, that really depends on you know other commitments and uh, you know the size of the team. But um, PHP Surrey will, uh, I anticipate, remain involved with the PHP South Coast Conference. Um, so. and, back and back again, how come you started with the user group? Um, so what really drives you doing these things? Um, so the PHP sorry user group um, actually it was uh, James Titcom actually again who uh, he um, him and the other PHP Hampshire folks. Um, so I'm from uh, the south of the UK and in the UK we're very lucky in terms of user groups. Um, whereas in the states you might have uh, uh, not even one user group per state in the UK. We have one per county essentially. Um, so within an hour of my of my house, I have PHP Berkshire, uh, PHP Surrey, PHP Hampshire, PHP London, um, a little bit further afield, PHP Oxford, PHP Brighton. Um, I'm just so lucky to have all of these user groups, and I go to quite a few of them quite regularly. I couldn't um, list that many PHP user groups within a 500-mile radius of my house. What do you What do you think that is that there's so many user groups in the UK? Um, I think people in the UK are less inclined to travel a little bit further. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, the thing is, each time you see a group starts up, it breeds its own community. Um, obviously, you see some of the familiar faces at a couple. So PHP Berkshire and PHP Surrey have a couple of people who code to both. Um, but they both, both have their own uh, membership, um, which is absolutely fantastic to see. And PHP Surrey initially came about because James had been saying and the other PHP Hampshire folks had been having a go at me for two years as to why I hadn't started up a PHP Surrey. So I was just like, well, let's uh, do this thing. And um, here we are now, um, almost a year on. Um, so we're gonna have a look at where, where we are and see where, what we can do to take it further and uh, grow our reach a bit more. Yeah. Now, how, how many conferences are you going to at this point? Because I feel like I'm lucky every time I come to Europe, you're here. I think pretty much like every photo that's been taken of me after 2 a.m. in Europe over the past 24 months has had you in it. <laughs> <laughs> so is this is this something that you also love? I mean, do you just get out and go to lots, or or, or do we just hit each other on the same ones? Um, I, th I think it's a combination of the two. Um, so I mean, I, I do love coming to conferences. Um, beginning of this year, actually, I haven't. I think I've only done one this year so far. Um, but then in the remainder of the year, so I've got um, PHP uh, Conf Asia. Um, sorry, wow. in Singapore, um, I've then got that followed by. Sorry, uh, Symphony Live London um, in September. I've got Bruno PHP, which I'm keynoting, um, uh, but in October, I believe. Um, I've also got uh, SymphonyCon Berlin, um, which uh, should also be good. And I'm also on the track team for, um, so I'm the PHP track chair for DrupalCon Dublin, which is end of September. Oh, awesome. So I, 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 do, I do enjoy the going out to conferences quite a bit. Um, this beginning of this year has been quite quiet, but um, it's uh, getting a lot busier. <laughs> now, is that uh, the, about the DrupalCon? The PHP track, is that a new track for DrupalCon in Europe? Uh, I know in, in the US, they just had their, in the last US DrupalCon, they had their first PHP only track in that conference. I, I think they've had a PHP track there for the previous two. I, yeah, I, I, I might be mistaken. But um, 
So they, they have a PHP track. Um, Larry, so the way it works is you have a, a local track chair who's uh, relatively local to the area, and then you have a global, um, and the global will, do it, will be someone who's done it before. Um, so Larry Garfield, um, who's quite well known within Drupal and the FIG communities, um, and P Symphony ones as well, actually, for that matter. Um, he's my global, um, and he's uh, done it all the previous years. So, uh, But I think they, d they did it in uh, when it was DrupalCon was here, actually, in Barcelona, I think it was. There was a PHP track. Um, I'm, I'm receiving some thumbs up from oh, the audience. Might have been, yeah, maybe that was the first one. But, uh, yeah. Um, so essentially, it's, it's, it's talks that would belong in any PHP conference. So PHP Tech, um, you know, PHP South Coast, it's those kinds of talks um, and those kinds of speakers as well. Um, the schedule will actually be published uh, in the next, next few days. Um, so keep your eyes peeled if you're uh, looking to go there. Yeah, so if you're a, a Drupal kind of sometimes developer, but also a PHP developer, yeah, those, that conference has more and more stuff for everyone. And just in the future, which is I think kind of what you were just throwing out there, is like there's a, you may, you may never have used Drupal before, but you can actually be a speaker at a Drupal conference. There's that PHP track. Um, and they would love to have you. They're like, their energy level is frightening. They're awesome people. It's a great conference. So that's a great way to go to a conference um, for a technology that you've never used before. I, I've uh, not used Drupal. I used to use it for uh, my own website um, a number of years ago, very briefly. I just threw something up there with like the default um, theme. Um, but I would never classify myself as having used Drupal. I've never looked at Drupal code, and yet I'm on the organizing team for a DrupalCon. There it is. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole new world. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm going to go to my question here, which you already heard. So, well, two questions, right? So, favorite Symphony components? And this is especially good because you were one of the early people bringing Symphony into PHPBB, which w obviously was component <coughs> by component. Um, so yeah, favorite Symphony component. So the first one that was introduced to PHPB was actually the event dispatcher um, because we hadn't got hooks done and we'd been saying we were going to do hooks for about three years. Um, so we introduced the event dispatcher. Um, but that wouldn't be my favorite. Um, my favorite would actually be one that we haven't integrated into PHPBB uh, yet, um, but we're looking to. Um, and that's actually a security component. Um, it, is, it, it is so powerful, um, but yet, so if you look at PHPB's permission system um, and author, auth uh, systems, it's uh, complex beyond your wildest dreams. Um, and if you ever tried to integrate um, sessions or anything else with anything, uh, with the other application, um, then you would have, uh, it would be quite a difficult experience. Um, but so we're looking at integrating the security component. It's very powerful, but it does things in a, and going back to what you were saying, a talk that you did a few years ago, simple versus easy. Um, it's, 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 it's very powerful, but it's uh, easy to use um, in the, and, and work out how those different parts work. Um, so that would be a security component. Uh, my least favorite component. Um, Nobody asked that question. <laughs> He's just volunteering it. He just wants to. <laughs> yeah, okay, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> um, my on. least favorite would probably actually be the uh, serializer component. Ah. Um, uh, and who's, whose creator is here? He's not in the room. Yeah. But this is, so, this sorry. is getting dramatic now. So. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say forms with uh, Bernard. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernard Shusek is in the front row here, so no one's going to badmouth forms. Um, but uh, serializer component, um, and actually I think some of these issues, uh, Tobias, I think you mentioned that you were looking at fixing, you'd submitted a pull request uh, fixing some bits in serializer yeah. component. Yeah, um, oh, well, yeah, we should talk about that in a second. But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll let Tobias talk about that in a bit, actually. I but, so, but serializer component because of... I, 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 it never does what I want it to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Fair. I think I'll just leave it at that. Fair. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a puppy, right? <laughs> They look good at first, but they never do what they want. What you want them to do. <laughs> Indeed. Well, uh, thanks for, for, for coming on the podcast, Michael. Well, thank, um, thank you very much for having me, and uh, it's, it's uh, good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope to, at some point, maybe see episode 10 um, come out. You, you, will, <laughs> you probably 10. won't see episode 10, but you will see the uh, treasures of the Sound of Symphony archive. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Episode 10 yeah. being um, unreleased. Paris. Unreleased. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. well, there's more than one unreleased. There's more than one unreleased <laughs> yeah. episode. There's yeah. There's actually a, yeah. Like literally, probably a treasure chest full of yeah. It's, yeah. The treasures of the Sound of Symphony Orchestra. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, whilst, whilst, whilst I've got you all on recording, uh, do we have any idea when we might see the next Sound of Symphony episode coming out? 
Well, that that would be this one, and uh, after this one, where we. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, like um, I, I assume we'll be recording it in August. Yeah, and if and if by the time we release this one, that looks unlikely, we'll just edit that part out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, would you like to say? Would you like to repeat the sentence as? We'll record that in September. Yeah, I assume we'll just record that in September. Good. Now we have two <laughs> clean cuts, so we can just use whichever one works. And that's the magic of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks for it. Yeah, thanks for coming thanks. on, man. Woo. So, uh, before we get into... Uh, Thank you. Very excited audience. It's a wild audience here. Before we get into um, anything else, we talked about the serializer, which actually was something that I had written down to ask you about, Tobias. So yeah. give us a little bit of background um, and then tell us the updates on that. Last episode we discussed we have the JMS serializer and we have the Symphony serializer. JMS was very easy to use, but it's basically abandoned. And the Symphony serializer is super flexible, but it's hard to get, uh, that, hard to use. It's hard to make it do what you want to do. Yeah, in part because of the, the you know, with the JMS serializer, you can yes. put like at expose above a property or at serialized name and change the, the property is called foo, but the output is a key called bar. Yeah, just like nice little things like that. Yeah. So Magnus told us that it's impossible, you can't really do anything about it. So I doubted him and I created a bundle to, that lives on top of the Symphony Serializer. Uh, it works, it's pretty good. However, when I tweeted about it, Kevin Douglas thought this is a good idea to uh, have in the core of the Serializer. So he asked me to send a pull request and about 2,500 lines of codes later, have a pull request and we're still discussing it. We should merge parts of it. And, but it will be there eventually. Wait, so you, so your bundle then added some of those missing annotations. Yes. And then you all, it's that, and that already is out. Which yes. means that Magnus is wrong. Yeah. Let's just yeah. park on that momentarily. It, it, it yeah. Some yeah. definition of wrong, perhaps. <laughs> should, should, should we pause there for a minute? <laughs> to like to reflect. Yeah. yeah. Magnus, <laughs> were you really wrong? Well, I still stand by the fact that you can't really do. It, so basically, your bundle works slightly differently than the JMS serializer, and in some critical senses, it's it's very different. Yes, the, you're right. The internals yeah. are not the same yeah. at all, but the usage of them are the same. The JMS and my bundle. Well, depending on what you're doing with it. I mean, if you're if you're writing custom if you're writing custom stuff, it's going to be different, very different. Yeah. Sure. Um, so yeah, in, in ninety percent of the cases. Yeah, sure. I, I agree with that. With that. Yeah, ninety-five percent. <laughs> no, maybe maybe ninety two and a half. Ninety eight. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. So you so you have that bundle and, and people can use that bundle right now if they wanted to to have sure. the serializer components on steroids and then you already have a pull request and you said it's like twenty five hundred lines long. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's a lot of test code because I'm one of those developers. Oh well that's good. I mean, no, I mean that's good, right? Because especially okay, so if you're reviewing code for a project and you're busy, which people that review Symphony code are busy, um, and they actually see a new feature, they're like, ugh, <laughs> now I gotta do all this thinking about if that's done right and if it works and all that. It, it, it'd be like having to interview somebody, but you don't wanna hire anybody. Yeah. So you're just like waiting for them <laughs> to say like the first wrong thing so you can be like, get out. <laughs> so the fact that you basically packed in the test is awesome because you can basically say like, look at my tests, and they're yeah, like, oh. Sure. Okay, good. I can look at, you know, the tests look fine, and uh, he didn't miss any semicolons. Um, so, yeah, it makes it a little, a little easier to merge. Yeah. But, but I believe it's a lot of work to be done to actually get it merged. And we have to involve the property access component and a lot of other components to make, to make it work more, more flawlessly. Ah. Did you, did, you, did you do a bad job? No, I, I, I could <laughs> improve unfair. my work. <laughs> There's always room for improvement. Yeah. yeah. I got to have a nice chat with Kevin uh, later today. Very nice. Because, of course, we all know, like, yeah, it's what, you know, when you, when you get things into Symphony, then all of a sudden you have to handle, like, the last 5% of cases. Yeah. Which is actually good. It's really great that you made the bundle first because you can get out there, proof of concept. People can use it. I can use it right now. Um, get feedback because there could be, like, bugs filed for that bundle that yeah. uh, really help the case for it to get into Symphony. So, yeah, for, if, if you ever have an idea and you feel like it would be a cool idea maybe for the core of Symphony, just toss it in the bundle first yeah. and uh, get some proof of concept. And, uh, and also that solves your problem because, of course, if you need a feature to be in Symphony, um, 
even if you get it accepted, that's going to take some time. Yeah. So throw it into a bundle, use it today, sure. and uh, use that as a helper to get it into the core. So that's a nice model. And, and we all get to benefit from your bundle, which I will definitely be using as soon as I can find my next serializing problem. <laughs> next time I need some JSON. Yeah, for sure. Great, great, great. great. Um, should we get started with the last segment of the episode? Yes. I think so we just did, yeah. We're doing something something quite special here. We're doing a, uh, uh, a live Q&A session where um, people can ask us questions. Um, so if anyone has any questions, feel free to, uh, to come near the stage. And if there's a line, Jeremy will take care of it. If there's no one asking questions, we'll ask each other questions. But that's much less fun than having you guys ask us things. Yeah, we, we still have most people at lunch here. But yeah, we can just stare at the people that are in the audience. Yeah. Like, the, the hundreds of people in the audience. The hundreds of people, yeah. Yes. We heard the applause. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, does anybody have any questions? You can just shout anything out. No, you can't shout anything out. You will have to talk into the microphone. Yeah, but shouting is the first step. Perhaps. Shouting is the first step towards, towards things. Do you find somebody, Tobias? Oh, up, that's up on funny. the stage. <laughs> See that because this is where we end up with editing trouble when things get off mic. Yeah. What are your favorite and least favorite components for each of you? Uh, I'll answer for Magnus. His favorite component is HTTP Foundation for sure. <laughs> it's a, it's a very good component. Uh, <laughs> it's just something right? you guys have talked about. Before. I haven't actually considered my favorite and least favorite components. Um, I'm not sure. I, no, no. My favorite component is actually HTTP kernel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ah. Yes. Uh, I think and that's my, what Fabian would, would probably say also. Yeah, and my, my, my least favorite component. So this, there's some components that I don't use, and one of them is uh, is event dispatcher. Well, I mean, I do use it in Symfony, obviously, but I don't use it in any of my own projects because I use Matthias Novak's um, um, simple bus instead, which I think provides a much better much better ways to do events. It's a different approach of doing events. I mean, events should be broadcasted, and you should not be able to stop the propagation yeah, exactly. of events. So it's, it's kind of a different design of events. Yeah, also you don't need a crazy event-based class or an event name, which is a string. Yeah. So, yeah. You can stop propagation in JavaScript. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate sure, here. Sure, but JavaScript yeah, doesn't sure. do proper events. <laughs> And join me for my JavaScript talk tomorrow morning. <laughs> I thought that might be the answer. Yeah. It was a softball. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I don't want to pile on, but sure, the event dispatcher is my least favorite. Oh, man, that's crazy. I like the event dispatcher. I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've made all good points. But yeah, let's hear some love for the event dispatcher. Yeah. My, my favorite, though, I think it's the option resolver. Nice. Yeah. Ah. Because it's really it's really decoupled from everything else, and it's really easy to plug into your to your other library if you just want to validate to your adoptions. So it's very lightweight and very easy to use. Yeah, I think those small decoupled ones don't get enough love sometimes. That's true. So so actually, I was I was trying I was thinking, is it bad that I'm on the Symphony Core team and I feel like I need a list of the components to answer this question? <laughs> so you made me think of probably my favorite would be process, because okay. dealing with. It's something that probably most developers don't really execute a lot of processes. We happen to execute a lot of processes, so I use it all the time. Um, but that stuff is crazy. Uh, starting processes and then being able to like run them asynchronously and get their feedback and send kill signals yeah, and yeah. all that kind of stuff and fork processes. Like, that's all possible in PHP, um, but you would never want to actually do it yourself. So yeah, and the same thing, sure. it's, it's standalone. So it's just kind of like this nice little component that just sort of does one job. I don't know if it has any dependencies. If, if it does, they're, they're light dependencies. And, uh, and least favorite, I'm going to say, wait, wait. Maybe still, I'm going to say either security, which is actually something I work in a lot. I just think that it has more work to be done. Um, or it sort of doesn't count, but doctrine. Um, and for the same reason. So I think that uh, because I do a lot of trainings, right? So I see where people suffer. Um, 
And the form component is also another one where people suffer, but it's very complex. And I didn't say the form component, not because Bernhard is looking at me right now, but because one the few times that I've done like a Silex project, in Silex, of course, you can bring in the form components, but I said, oh, I have Silex, and, 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 and let me just make this form myself. I realized how much work the form component does for you. Yeah. And I quickly like do the work to integrate the form component and use the form component. And I'm like, oh my God, making a form is a ton of work. So that one, even though it's complex, has you know, uh, lots of good things about it. But security and doctrine from a kind of a usability standpoint, I feel like they have some things that are uh, a little rough yeah, or, some rough or not. Or not yeah, rough be, edges. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of coding you need to do um, in doctrine, the relationships especially, having to map the mapped by and the inverse by and point them at each other, um, you know, having to initialize the array collections, the owning versus inverse side. Uh, yeah. No matter how good I get at explaining the owning versus the inverse side, that will never be something that is graspable by most yeah, I mean, developers. I need to th usually when I write a model, I have to actually think about which side is the owning and inverse side, and that's yeah, yeah. Even uh, even though I can reason it out, it's it's still um, something you need to to consider. It's uh, that, that's. Uh, Exactly. Take, take some thought there. Yeah. So there's like little things like that, where I think, where they could be, if, if we as volunteers, because of course that, you know, that's why these things don't get done, yeah. um, there might be some work that can be done there. And of course, the security component, you know, the history behind that is that it was put together by a really, really smart guy, but he's just not active in the community anymore. Um, so in some ways, there's the rough edges and the parts of the security component are, are just sort of um, due to that abandonment. So that being said, it's incredibly powerful, as we just heard, and all that kind of stuff. But from the usability perspective um, for trying to do some custom stuff, it's still pretty hard. Yeah. Of course, Guard, Guard fixed all of that. Or at least, you know, it didn't actually fix all that. <laughs> Guard is a nice layer to kind of cobble that together and, and make it a lot easier. But yeah, yeah. it's my least favorite, probably. Okay. Okay. More questions? Magnus, I was going to ask you how long you're planning to grow your hair. Um, I wish I wish the, people, the the listeners could could see. I, 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 so my hair is quite long right now. I don't actually have a plan uh, in that regard. I uh, I might get a haircut next week. I might get a haircut cut in two months. Who knows? So okay. So there's no there's nothing in your job right now where you have to show up. No. And look like a, a sellout. No. Like of how course I look. Not. <laughs> with my with my clean cut haircut and my freshly shaved face. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no, there's nothing like that. Um, any other questions? No? <laughs> so I have a question for you, Ryan. Oh, yeah. A bit uncomfortable talking about your hair, but yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, something that, that I noticed when, when I see you talk is that you prefer to not have any shoes on oh, when you're yeah. talking. Yeah, and I actually just, I, I didn't have them on a second ago, and I just put them on, and I realized it's, it's kind of been bothering me right now. Yeah, I, I guess, guess it. So, so my question is, when we are recording Sound of Symphony and you're at the office or at home or I don't know where you do your recording, do you have any shoes on then or are you, are you barefoot? I have no shoes. I do have pants. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I usually have a shirt on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Michael looked terrified in the front row there. <laughs> no, I, re I record those uh, from home. Yeah. So definitely barefoot for those. Yeah. And the biggest reason I'm barefoot is because I hate, you know, clomping around on the stage. The stage we're on right now is like, it's a stage, right? So it's like super echoey and I like to run around in circles on stage. Yeah. And uh, I hate being like, conk, 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 all around stage. It's so, also yeah. a good, I mean, it's also a good eccentric presenter move. So, I mean. And, and, and it, it would never even occur to me. But, but yeah, I love it. So you'll either yeah. see the, me barefoot or if it's winter, which it often is when I come to Europe, then I'll be have some, some fancy socks on. Yeah. My wife hooks me up with fancy socks and, some, and somewhat fancy looking clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Though not right okay. now, I'm wearing this cool jersey that I got at this conference. That's true. Yeah. Though I, I suppose Leanna didn't hook you up with that, the, the jersey. No, the jersey, yeah. Mark, Mark previous guest Mark, yeah. gave... Speakers, right? I yeah. think. Yeah, speakers. We got our own custom Barcelona football jersey with our name on the back. And Michael loves his. He's going to wear it all the time. <laughs> Michael from the UK. Yeah. Not, not from Barcelona. Because apparently that whole football thing is taken very seriously here. Well, I mean, in some parts of Europe. Not, not, not so much. <laughs> not, not so much uh, in not my so much apartment. Up north. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, you took the other type of football seriously when yes. you were younger. Yes, yes, I did. Fun fact about Magnus that I found out. He actually yeah. played American football. I did. N not, oh, I was like, what? And Michael in the front row said, not proper football. I'm just going to let that. I think most of our listeners are European, so I'm just going to let them have that one. A little, little slide. Yeah, we're going to let it slide. Is this, is this episode coming to an end? I, I think it very likely is, and I sort of screwed up by not having the script that I wrote for the outro in front of me. And you obviously don't have it because you don't have I'm a... I have nothing uh, in front of me. We've done it plenty of times before. Let's do the outro. Well, actually, it's slightly different this time. <laughs> okay, let's do the outro later then. Um, let's, let's just do something for the outro and we'll record a different let's outro, do something outro, outro. Uh, afterwards. Good thing. Um, so... Sound of Symphony is coming to an end. Uh, the show is written and produced by, by me, Magnus Nordlander, uh, Tobias Nyholm, uh, Ryan Weaver, and Jared Farish. Uh, our production assistant this, uh, this episode was Jeremy McCullough. Um, and um, um, I don't remember what I usually say. Uh, more in this I usually say visit our website, soundofsymphony.com, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Yes. Uh, and I usually and talk about um, all our sponsors, which are our companies that are nice enough to let us uh, do this on their time usually. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember all of their names right now. Well, it's Fervo is my company, so uh -huh. that's that's easy. Yep. And there's Happier. Yep. Happier is mine. Yep. Yeah. And KMP University. KMP University. And Dialogues Apps. Dialogues Apps. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, our music, cool intro and cool vibes are provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It is. And, uh, and, and it's licensed under common creative... Attribution license. Creative Commons attributions, exactly. And I did want to uh, to, to add um, uh, to, to add one thing, and that is a big thank you to uh, to uh, Symphony Barcelona and uh, Symphony Catalonia, as well as the sponsors of this conference for allowing us to be here on stage. Yep. Um, awesome. And set up all of our awesome audio equipment. Exactly. Thank you. Which I tweeted uh, about. And um, basically, um, the the only thing left is I think um, that. Um, this podcast is not, not endorsed or um, affiliated with Fabian Potencier. Yeah, but he listens to it all the time. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll be back next month with more Sound of Symphony. That's true. Thanks. Thanks.